Hello, hello, and welcome to the Yoga and Yum podcast. My name is Sybil. I'm your host, and I am really happy that you're here. This is the place where we talk about all things yoga and mindfulness and self-care and health and just all the goodness so that we can experience more yum in our lives and also so that we can prepare ourselves, our bodies, our minds to up-level the planet. So welcome, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. And today on the show, I really wanted to talk about sugar addiction. (laughs) So I am currently working with a client who came to me because she said that you know, I am addicted to sugar. I am addicted to junk, junk, and I can't stop eating it. I've tried on my own, and I I need some help with this. And I'm like, yeah, not a problem. She was a good fit for me, and we're working together. And then it got me to thinking, what would I do for myself personally if I felt I had fallen into a cycle of just eating a lot of what I'm going to call ultra processed foods. So, you know, the cakes, the cookies, the crackers, the donuts, the chips, all the things that are really yummy for the taste buds, but for the body, eh, not so much. <laughs> it can, these things can really wreak havoc. And so I want to share with you Five things, my top five things, five practices that I would do if I felt like I had fallen into this cycle of just gorging myself or just not being able to stay away from ultra processed foods, which includes stuff like sugar, you know, cakes and cookies and candies and things like that. So the first thing, absolutely first thing that I would do is I would clean my environment. I would do one of two things. One, I would have sort of a last feast. (laughs) I would pull all the stuff out of my pantry or fridge and say, okay, I'm going to have my last hurrah. And I would just make all the stuff and allow myself just to eat it. Or, and this is probably closer to the truth, I would eat the parts that I wanted, and then I would throw them away. I would literally, I wouldn't even give it to people. I would just throw them away. And I would throw it away, put stuff on top of it (laughs) so that I didn't like go, oh, maybe I can save that because I've known people to do that. And then I would put it in my little dumpster in the garage. So that's the first thing. I would clean my environment. And along with that, that kind of goes hand in hand. I don't live by myself. And a lot of my clients don't live alone. And so what I would do, I live with one person, my hubby, and I would tell him exactly what I was doing. I would say, look, hon, I have fallen into this practice where I am eating ultra processed foods and I need to get out of this cycle because it's not serving me. It's not serving my highest good. And I need your support because he is a kind of person that he likes his snacks. He likes his tortilla chips and his cookies. 
luckily the cookies he brings in the house I'm not interested in because I don't like them but if this were me and I was really in this cycle I would tell him hey this is what I need from you if you're going to bring it in the house number one I need to not know about it and number two can you put it somewhere that I don't normally look for him it would be his office I hardly ever go through anything in that office. And I would also ask him if he can eat it away from me. And he's the kind of person that literally would walk through fire for me. So I have that kind of support. So I would also encourage other people if I was really coaching you through this is to have that heart to heart with the people that you live with and just say, this is something that's important to me. I need your support. And then you can kind of talk about what that support looks like. And that's kind of what I do when I work with clients. I help them come up with ideas and words really to say to get that support. Because you assume the people that you live with, they love you or at least like you. And they want you to be okay. Like it doesn't benefit them to have or live with a person that's not okay. And hopefully you are in supportive enough environments Well, that would work for you. But that's what I would do. So number one is clean the environment. The next thing I would do is I would eat really, really nutrient dense foods. And in the food kingdom, those come from vegetables and fruits. So I would add those things in. I'm not saying those are the only things that I would eat necessarily, but I would add those things in for a couple of reasons. Number one is I want to flood all my cells with the highest nutrition possible because we have both um, like stretch receptors. We also have nutrient receptors in our bodies. And if I'm eating a lot of what I'm going to call, for a lack of a better word, junk, then I'm missing some of those nutrients. I'm missing some of those minerals. So I want to flood myself with those. And also with fruits and vegetables, I want to really build my microbiome. I want to build my gut flora. Because if I'm eating a whole lot of processed foods, I'm feeding those bugs. I'm feeding that bacteria. I don't want to feed that anymore. I want to create new stuff. And that comes from fiber and from plant matter. So I want to eat the highest nutrient-dense foods I can find. And really, in the plant kingdom, those are going to be your green leafy vegetables And then your vegetables and your fruits. And that's not necessarily in that order. (laughs) But if you have ever read any of the work from Dr. Joel Furman, he wrote the book Eat to Live. He wrote Fast Food Genocide. He's written a lot of books. He also coined the term Nutritarian. He talks so much about nutrient density. In fact, That is his platform, that nutrient density is the key. So I recommend checking out any work by Dr. Joel Furman. He also has a podcast, which he has with his daughter. You can check him out on YouTube. Um, He is a medical doctor. He's not practicing anymore. I believe he's retired from that, but he was a 
a medical doctor. I believe he was a family medicine person. And he has done so much research in this area of nutrient density. And he is one that says, yes, get those vegetables in. Highest nutrient foods as you can possibly have. So I want to flood myself with that. But I also want to build my gut with good stuff. Because here's the truth of the matter. We crave what we eat. So if I start bringing in fruits and vegetables and fiber-rich foods, over time, I'm going to build my gut with those bugs, with the with that matter, and that those bugs, the stuff in your microbiome is going to want more because it wants to populate. It wants to repopulate. It wants to keep going. And so you're going to start craving it. It's kind of like you, when you eat a lot of sugar, a lot of times what happens is you get some, and I mean processed sugar. I'm not talking about the sugar from fruit because that is attached with fiber and also a bunch of minerals and vitamins and that kind of thing. I'm talking about the stuff that comes from the ultra processing. Um, And some people in their gut will get candida overgrowth and they start craving that. Well, that's because the bugs are calling for that. They want to keep growing. I keep saying bugs. I'm hoping that it doesn't give you the vision of actual insects. It's not that. (laughs) It's the bacteria. Okay, there's good bacteria and there's not so happy bacteria. We want the good stuff. So that's number two. I would eat nutrient dense foods. And I will also say, because if I was taking something away, if I was taking away these heavily processed foods that are yummy and so, so, so tempting, I'm also going to treat myself a little bit. And so what I would do (laughs) is I would invest a little bit of money into ordering some tropical fruit, some seasonal tropical fruit. Now, I live in Michigan. We don't have tropical fruit here. The only way to get it in is, is for it to be shipped in. And there's a couple of companies that I really like to occasionally order fruit from. I love iHeart Fruit Box. That's a really good one. Good Hill Farms is another one. Um, The last one that I really like is Tropical Fruit Box. Now, I think that Tropical Fruit Box and iHeart Fruit Box are based in Florida and Good Hill Farms is based in California. And I don't know if they ship internationally. They do ship within the U.S. And I've been really happy with different products from all of those. They are quite pricey, depending on what you're getting. But I love getting papayas and chirimoyas and (laughs) black sapote and soursop and things that I can't find here, not even in farmer's markets that bring those things in, that bring in different tropical fruits. So I would literally order from them as a treat, like, ooh, I get to look forward to just some of my favorite tropical fruits. That may not be possible for everyone, but that's what I would do. I would set the money aside. It's going to be probably a couple hundred dollars because I would order a a lot, a lot for me. And I would enjoy that. (laughs) 
All right. So number one, clean my environment. Number two, eat really nutrient dense foods. The next thing I would do is I would exercise. So if I was a person that wasn't exercising, I would start and I would start slow and slow. Maybe start with five minutes a day and then add another five minutes as my body got used to it. And if I was a person that exercised already, I would start to vary the exercise. So if all I did was walking, I would maybe get into some weight training, some strength training, some Pilates, some something else, dance, some other way to use my body to really drop down into my body. But also because exercise really helps to create and stimulate the happy chemicals of our brains. When you're changing a behavior, it can be a little stressful. And so it's important, I think, at least for me to find joyous practices that and fun practices to kind of make it feel good as I'm going through this change. And those feel good things that come with exercise really help us to drop back down into our parasympathetic responses when that activity is over. Like you feel good. If you've ever been a jogger or a swimmer or a dancer and you work kind of hard and then once you're kind of in your groove, you have this kind of like runner's high or swimmer's high or dancer's high or whatever you're doing. And then when you're done, there's this sense of, ease and well-being. It just feels really good. And so I would really want to do that and really dive in and do things that feel really good in my body. So number four, I would also do a lot of mindset work. So I would dig deep into my anti-anxiety practices. On this channel on this podcast, I have a series that I put up called my anti-anxiety toolbox where I share different practices that I do to manage my anxiety. I would drop deep into those, especially the mindset stuff and the embodiment stuff. Because whenever you're making a behavior change, it's important not just to deal with the body, but also to deal with the mind. And it's th- that um, series that I did and the, the things that I do within those practices really help me to drop back into parasympathetic response, which is our rest and digest and chill and it feels good so that I'm moving away from fight or flight. So I'd really drop heavily into some of those. Go check out those episodes. I'm not sure which numbers there are, but there you'll see the list when you kind of look through all of the different episodes of the podcast. So that's number four. Number five, if none of these things worked, my assumption would be that it's not the food that something else was going on. And here's the truth of the matter. If food isn't the problem, like if it isn't the thing, then food isn't necessarily the answer. It's not necessarily the cure. And so what I would do is I would seek out help. 
and support from a professional. I would either hire a health coach, which I have done in the past, or I would hire a therapist, which I have also done in the past, because it would be my assumption that if I'm doing all these things, cleaning my environment, dropping back down into my body, flooding my body with really beautiful plant foods to repopulate my gut with the good stuff, you know, exercising, doing the mindset work, doing all of those things, and that wasn't working on my own, and I couldn't get over this hump, I would hire someone. I would get help. And yeah, (laughs) that's what I would do. And that's what I do for people when they you know, are working on their health, working on their health goals, and they try everything that they know how to do on their own. And they think they come to the point where I don't know what else to do. That's where I come in. That's where a health coach can come in and kind of look at things from the outside. Many times we're able to see things and see patterns of behavior and just of, you know, stuff like practices that they can't see certain things that they may overlook. A health coach can help to educate. They can ask really good questions so that we help our clients really think about what it is that they're doing. And if a health coach can't help, if they're worth their weight in gold and they know that they can't help this person, then they would suggest, as I would do, that you know what? I'm, this is out of my scope of practice. I may not be able to help you with this and suggest that maybe they seek, maybe they seek a therapist, maybe they seek a social worker, someone who is licensed and is trained in how to deal with more complex mental stuff. And there's completely no shame in that. Completely no shame in taking care of your mental health. It is part of who you are. Like everything is all connected. Our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our practices, they affect absolutely every part of our being. Our systems, the way we see things, um, the way our bodies function, like everything. So if you can't do it on your own, please get some help. Now, with that being said, I just want to put it out there that I am looking for at least one more one-on-one health coaching client. And I would really prefer that this person be someone that feels that they're kind of in a spiral of eating, for lack of a better word, junk. (laughs) That they are in the spiral of eating ultra processed foods and they're trying to find a way out of it and trying to create a system to help them move out of it. And for me, I really like using a multi-tier approach or multi-faceted approach. I like using food. I like using the environment. I like using mindset work. I like using embodiment practices whether it's exercise, asana like yoga, breath work, somatics, things to help drop back down in the body, as well as just 
asking questions and helping them to make a plan that works for them. I don't believe in a cookie cutter approach. I don't think that they work because we're all different. So I like to work with clients to help them craft a practice that works for them, that's sustainable for them. And I always do small sustainable shifts. Small sustainable shifts is what's work, what really sticks. So that's what I would do if I felt like I had a sugar addiction, if I felt like I had an ultra processed food eating spiraling problem. Those are the things that I would try first. And I have the personality that when I get my mind set to something, I can usually complete that goal. But I'm also really self-aware that when I can't, I get help. So I hope this helps. Um, Yeah, please share this with someone that it could really help or inspire. I That would be great. If someone could get just help or inspiration for from the free things that I put out into the world, that makes me so, so, so happy. So if this is true for you, please let me know by giving this show, this episode, a rating um, or, you know, leave comments. That would be really, really awesome. So until next time, here's wishing you all the yum in life. Peace.